0: Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralta and Joey Capone. Welcome to episode 49 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster, presented by Odyssey with myself, Steve Peralta and Joey Capone. The Red Sox have won their third series in a row, but... A sweep really would have been nice. How you doing, Joey? Doing all right, dude. Yeah, they ran back the old ITM special.
1: Win mm. the first two, lose on record day, so we come in a little more bummed than we should be after a series win. But I think this one's justified because I think it was reasonable to hope for
0: a sweep out of this one, especially after the first two games. It's justified, but at the same time, and you know, we'll jump right into this here. Hearing the Ivaldi news sucked uh that Mm -hmm. was that was pretty brutal and I guess it came out last night I didn't see it until today that he had neck and shoulder soreness but missing Evaldi for a game three where you have a chance I don't care who it is I don't care who you're playing you have a chance to finish off a sweep and get some real momentum going into this Orioles series which is it's crazy to say like in late August, get some real momentum into this big series of Camden Yards. I can't believe that's a thing, but it is. I know. That is the world we live in. Um, and I got to say, now, now, keep me honest here, Joey. Keep me Always. honest if, if I'm being a little critical here. But mm-hmm. I, had, I saw a quote from, from one nasty Nate, and he said, mm-hmm. I feel like I could pitch Thursday, but we're playing it safe. I'm just going to skip this turn and be ready to go Tuesday against Toronto. Now, mm-hmm. if I was to be like a radio guy right now, right, if I was to be like Radio Steve, like I did a lot of last year, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be doing a whole rant, you know, flipping out, going nuts. I don't think it's worthy of that. But I got to say, you don't have the luxury of, of playing it safe. You really, at this point, where the Red Sox are at, if you can go, you kind of have to go. And I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. blame Vivaldi because they, they held him back. I think it was more the team than him. I think it's more exactly. them playing it safe with Nate, not the other way around. But that's all to say that when I heard it was just the, oh, we're just going to skip him in the rotation get, but That's the kind of stuff you do when you're up 10 games in the division. <laughs> you know, That's that's the kind of stuff you do if you're the Yankees right now, if you're one of these teams that's really in a comfortable spot. Red Sox need all these games. When Kowski finding out yesterday, oh, I'm starting? Okay, and and getting thrown into that. Now, he did himself no favors. He had a bad start, but... I, I d I don't know. It, it it hit me the wrong way reading that and I'm like we need all the guys you can get right now and the fill in starts, I just can't do it anymore.
1: Yes, but no, because you're as much as you're in the hunt right now, you also have to plan a little bit for October, no? Like if you if you throw him out there against Baltimore and he makes it worse, what good does that do? You mean Pittsburgh Which is a real possibility. Pittsburgh yeah, it was tonight, right? Yeah, it was tonight. Yeah, for the
0: for the finale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was supposed yeah, to yeah, pitch yeah, instead yeah. of Winkowski. Is what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah. It was he got pushed from Thursday to Tuesday. Right. I mean, there's the first at, game at this point of the season. The way I look at it, there's risk of everybody getting hurt. They're all playing through stuff. You see Raffy playing through mm-hmm. stuff. You see Xander playing through stuff. JD's been hurt. Uh, a lot of the guys have been hurt. Obviously, I don't have to go down the the IL road. You guys know who's out, but. I don't know. Something about it. And and who am I to ever question, like, oh, he should have been out there. Like, it's, again, we're – and I thought Will Fleming put it great in the interview we had with him. Like, I get paid Mm -hmm. for a living to critique these guys that play the hardest game in the world. And that's Mm -hmm. the base of all this. Understandable, you guys know what's best. But it would have been nice to have Evaldi out there on the mound on Thursday and trying to close out a sweep. I just don't – there's not enough wiggle room right now. To play it safe. I don't know. It just... I think if there was a team to do it against, though, it is Pittsburgh, right? This would be, the, I think, the only, better than Winkowski. I think the only team left. I think the only team left they could probably potentially, quote-unquote, play it safe against somebody. And Winkowski yeah. hasn't been terrible, but I'm more just looking at it when I heard the news. I was like, ah, uh-oh. And and, and not not because of the Pirates. I mean, they have, you mm-hmm. know, like X said, they got a no-name lineup. But it was more of a, uh you don't have... You don't have one of your guys out there. You don't have an MLB starter. You got Winkowski, another rookie, filling in. Like, that's – I mean, that whole mm-hmm. process set this team back. It's not the rookie's fault. You know, they were, they were put in mm-hmm. that situation for a lot of this. But I don't know. When I heard that news, I was thing, just thinking, uh-oh, this might not be a sweep.
1: Yeah. The other thing that I think to keep in mind is you don't know how truthful guys are when they're talking to the media for obvious reasons. You know, there are uh, phantom injuries that come up all the time. You know, we talk about it all the time. They're on the IL with suckitis, right? Like, it, it, you know, and I think Sucalitis. it works the other way as well. You know, I think it works the other way too. I think it's, hey, yeah, no, I'm fine. I could pitch. And in reality, maybe he's getting another test done. Maybe he's getting a second opinion. Maybe he he did strain something and they're like, hey, let's just you know, give it a week. But we don't need everybody to know this and be writing about this. We don't need any of the focus to be on, on that. He could be downplaying something that's a you know
0: a, a level a level two rather than a level one injury. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard to know. Again, we this is you're playing off of just guess the guessing game. Like there's course, there's yeah. no real way to know exactly what's going on. I think core and the Sox do a good job of keeping things behind closed doors that need to be, and you know not giving a you know showing their hand in certain scenarios. But I'm more just looking at it from the perspective of. When Evaldi came back uh, from the injured list, his three starts in July, he had an 11 ERA. He was getting whacked. Mm-hmm. It was three earned runs, nine earned runs, four earned runs, a lot of hits in there. And three starts in August, he's been good. He's got a 2.95 and, you know, is going six innings every start. And you just got to figure that guy against the Pirates would just be feasting on him. So, who knows? To your point, Joey, this could be... I hope it's not something more serious than it's being mentioned as, but if it's, I'm just gonna believe what I hear, you know, and what they say, which is either, you know, that that can be a gullible thing, but if if Evaldi's saying he felt like he could pitch, I just would have liked to see him out there, and I think that potentially shifted the series a little bit. Um, but having said that, Winkowski well, should have been better against the Pirates. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's the thing. Nathan Avaldi didn't make Josh
1: Winkowski go out there and have a horrendous outing. You know it's I mean? still a little like, different when you make that. Up. I,
0: I do always have sympathy for guys when they find out like last second, they're starting a game instead of just like being a bullpen guy. It's like, here you go. You got to start like that's mentally. I think that shifts things a little bit, but um, yeah, when has got to be better, obviously it, it comes down to that. At the end of the day, that was a, a pretty terrible start. He had had what a three, four, five in his last three. When has been very up and down overall, better than you he expected. Uh, mm-hmm. He's, you know, in Definitely. the starts, he's been in there. You've expected him to to get rocked more than he does. More often than not, he keeps you in the game. Uh, that start against you know the what was it the Orioles the last one out he probably should have had six scoreless. But he's had a real issue with getting out of innings. He really has a two out issue, and it's it's noticeable. Um, and I think that's when the the mental factor of it comes into play. And Eck had a really I really like that. I'm gonna miss Eck so much, man. Like he's I, I learned so much just listening to him call the game. And he had a really good point where he's like, y- you wouldn't believe the amount of times I've had two outs on a guy and been like, oh, this is going to be the last pitch of the inning. I'm getting the third out here. This is going to be it. And then all of a sudden you're looking up and the, uh, the manager's taking the ball from you. And I, I, it was a good way to put it where it's like, I think a lot of times guys get the, into two out situations. They're like, oh, the inning's over, right? You know, I got nobody on. I just, I'm just i one pitch away from being in the dugout, getting to chill a little bit. Playing of the when- Pirates, I'm sure, helps. Exactly. Pirates, I was going to say the Orioles, but they've obviously been buzzing the last uh, Winkowski start. But I think that's a big part of it is that he realizes – I think he, he might let up a little bit when he gets two outs with nobody on, and, and he's got to really attack that guy with nobody on as if there are people on because I think he lets up a little bit. But, yeah, bad start from mm-hmm. Winkowski. At the end of the day, that's that's really what it was. Um, Evaldi being out was tough, and I, I would have liked to see him in there. But Winkowski's got to be better against – you know. Third, second, or third worst lineup in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, you also can't wait till the eighth inning to start putting runs on the board. It's tough when I I, I always look it. at it like the Sox in this one didn't it feel like it was over kind of early, like it, it didn't. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I that and that's no excuse for the lineup, but it's a little bit different when the fan play kind of changed the game a little bit. That ball getting dropped, I thought he should have had that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's a two out jam that like was not. Winkowski Was it Winkowski still on then? Or was that was Yeah, that yeah, Davis? that was Winkowski, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. For this, that the third one, and fourth run That's obviously runs. not his fault. I mean, it yeah. doesn't end up making a, you know, they lose the game either way. But I just think mentally he gets out of that jam and it's like, huh. okay, you're still down 2 nothing It's the third inning. You got all day to get to this guy. And, and credit to the Pirates pitcher, uh, Brubaker. Seven innings, two hits, no runs, seven Ks. He was really good for a guy that came into the game with – uh whatever, like a f- mid-fours, upper-fours ERA. So that was tough, Joey. Yeah, I mean, that, he that, that he one stinks.
1: Stopped. He stinks. That absolutely should not have been the case with him. I, I don't think that he – I think that's the best start of his career, career. Of his life? I think it honestly might be. I Let me let me look up his game log from this year. I don't – what
0: even was his line? I can't think he's had a no earned. Let's see. Earned runs for Baker. Okay, he had two, one three, other. Seven, two. Yeah, on July 13th at Miami. There you go. In Miami. He had a You're couple. Not the Marlins, you know. No earned against the Cubs, another dominant lineup. Wait a second. Has he had four? Wait a second. This guy loves giving up No Earned, actually.
1: <laughs> no, he doesn't. He has one, two, three,
0: four. Four all year. Yeah, he's four. It's, it's five not bad. Innings, for a guy on the Pirates, four starts with No Earned is not it's not terrible uh yeah that was just tough man i mean it's there have been games like this this year where you can kind of sense it early where you're like ah it's not happening tonight and yeah. even after the reynolds one the first one like going
1: down 2-0 i was still like i don't like that i don't like being in a hole right away and for whatever
0: reason if it felt like a bigger hole than it was yeah well same as uh game two with rich hill same scenario, two run home in a Reynolds, and you're thinking, uh-oh, Rich has had some really bad starts. It's going to be the same thing here. But, yeah, not Winkowski's finest. Red Sox lose the third game of the series. And, Joey, what I am most worried about at this point, at this exact moment, everyone Don't listening, listen. Joey and I having a little Sox recap chat here. The thing I am most worried about is that this team just can't pick up any ground in the standings it's okay re- regardless of what they do okay
1: i want to alleviate some of that the next i wish i had the numbers in front of me bro i think it's like 30 of the last 50 games are in division it's you something really, it's something like that as far as you know obviously the yankees games i mean they don't you know they don't carry the same weight as as the other 3 do but your fate is kind of in your hands at the end of the day. I don't know the exact numbers. I'm not. Let me pull up the schedule. That probably helps, huh? 25 of just... the
0: Red Sox remaining 43 games are against the O's, Rays, and Jays. I take the Yankees ones out just because that's obviously they're miles ahead. But 58% of your remaining games are against the three AL East teams that are ahead of you. It's just hard to mm-hmm. say that the fate is in their hands when. You haven't been able to pick up any ground in the last two weeks. And there's other teams that are... I mean, it literally
1: is, though.
0: But there's other... It's not like it's just those teams in front of you. You also have the Twins and the White Sox in front of you. So it's like, if you could have maybe picked up a little ground there, that would have been nice. I know, just looking at it specifically in the last two weeks, which dates back to August 6th, these Mm -hmm. are the games back in the wild card they've been each day of the last two weeks. Four, five, four and a half, five, five... Four and a half, four, four and a half, four and a half, five, four, 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 and now five. It's been they've been Jeez. between four and five games back for two weeks. It's like they're just stuck in this one game gap and just not really making any progress. Even though they have won three straight series, obviously one of those is a one gamer, but it just sucks. It's 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 painful to watch when it doesn't feel like it's kind of like they're in quicksand here in that that four to five games back position. Well, I'll tell you this, Steve. There's yeah. like it would be remarkable
1: if over the next week, week and a half, that number stayed the same or even similar. When you got O's, J's rays, boom, boom, boom. I think I think that number changes drastically one way or the other.
0: I don't know. I gotta see it to believe no? it. I'm at the point where I got to see it to believe it cuz I could just see them splitting these games and still staying in that 4 to 5 <laughs> game gap. That's I mean, in theory, yes. Like so if you're looking at the next 3 series, it's the three teams in front of you. It's mm-hmm. in in the AL East. It's Orioles, Jays, and Rays. So the pessimistic Red Sox fan, and I'm I'm curious where you're at right now. I'm going to ask you a question in a second and I'm going to try to guess what you say, Joey Capone. Mm -hmm. I think the pessimistic Red Sox fan looks at these next nine games and thinks, this this is it. (laughs) Like, this is really... The pessimistic Red Sox fan already thinks the season's over, but I'm saying the one that Mm -hmm. is still believing they can make the playoffs, it really does come down to these games against teams that are right in front of you. And in theory, they'll either be one or two back or they'll be seven or eight back. But Mm -hmm. I just... It's just been this constant. I know they cut it to two in Houston at the start of the month. You think, all right, this is they're turning around. I remember you mentioning, you know, we're kind of. It's hard to think of that when we're caught up in the trade deadline, which is totally true. So it's. I wasn't even thinking about two games back because it's like, Mm -hmm. is JD gone? Are all these guys gone? And then to to my exact thought, as you said that, I was like, wow, I don't remember that. I wasn't thinking about that because it's just the deadlines going on. So it's like, right now you look at it. And you think, oh, God, what I would do to take that. I know it's only a three-game difference, but a three-game difference is is enormous when there's four teams in front of you. I know. I think
1: most fans will walk away after these nine games with a really clear idea of what to expect going forward. I agree. If If it's the same, if they somehow walk away four or five games back, I'm losing I my mind. I, I would rather they be eight yeah. back. I'm kidding. I would <laughs> rather they be eight back than still
0: four. So you and five. can know.
1: So you can like actually adjust right. your expectations because four and a half, five is a terrible place to be because it's like just on the outside. You know, you're the last team that's like really in contention, but you gotta kind of struggle to get in. Can you believe? Do you not believe? Mm. Uh, I think. I think even if you walk away after these nine and you're still four or five, I think the feeling of uh, of optimism wanes, if you will. You know what I'm saying? I think you've got to pick game. up something. Then it's a numbers yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. At that you point, you've got to pick up some ground, have, and then you'd have 34 or, games left. Yeah, yeah. I think you're going to have a really clear idea a week and a half from now. When's the last game there of this stand? It is Sunday, August 28th. Yeah, at Fenway. 135 game. at Fenway. We got that some. That Sunday uh, night, we're, I think we're all going to have a really clear
0: idea of what, what kind of September we're in for. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. It's just been August has been just 500ville. Like it's just been staying in that little middle territory. And obviously they've had a good week here. They've had a really good mm-hmm. stretch. I mean, it's been what they got two, four, five, and two in their last seven. So it's you know they're playing decent ball after that Brave series, but. Still, you, you look around at the wildcard standings and I've started to do like the four box thing on MLB TV. <laughs> like um, uh-huh. which is pretty awesome. It's a great feature if you have the MLB package. But it's just it also drives you insane because it's kind of like red zone where you're just like, oh, that guy's on the other, you know, the other person's fantasy team and like, oh no, but I needed that guy to have like five points, not, you know, six points. And it, it just you don't know what you're rooting for. You do, but it's just it drives you nuts. I don't know if I yeah. would encourage people to do the four box thing or not,
1: but you can't root for seventeen things to all happen at once. You and I what what mean it, your odds diminish. It,
0: as a Sox fan, it feels like we're rooting for thirty things to happen every night and it's mm-hmm. just unsustainable. It it's
1: And then like, the worst ones are like you're going through the schedule, you know, and you're like, okay. You know, the the White Sox are playing the Astros. Perfect. That's good for us. All right. Yeah. And then you keep going and you're like, wait, Jays and Rays. That doesn't, I mean, what do I even, I don't know. I don't even know what to do There's with nothing, that. There's yeah. nothing. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> <That's>,
0: <laughs> what do I even do? What, what, what am I supposed to what do, do, I do? What with You here? just handed me. I, I have no idea. And then the and Yan- like, another, Yankees suck. Another one of those. The, the Yankees are losing to the Jays right now, nine to two. That Yankees suck chant has never been more accurate than now. Team sucks. The team yeah, absolutely like, you... sucks. Like, uh, of all... This is... Worst case scenario for Sox fans is what's happening right now. It's the Yankees having a 10-game lead in the division, but they suck. So they don't beat any of the other teams in front of the Sox that you need them to beat. Mm-hmm. It's worst the case scenario. one time you need something from the Yankees... They can't do it. They still let you down. They can't do it. Mm-hmm. No. Like... It's great. You can never rely on the Yankees to do anything you need them to do. That's exactly what I've learned over the years, and... If not more than ever this year. It's like, God, guys, you're just getting absolutely waxed. The Blue Jays still blow my mind. That's a team that if you showed me the two records between the Blue Jays and the Yankees, I would say that Blue Jays are the team that's 73 and 45 in terms of preseason predictions. I, right, I just right. they they stun me. I, I'll never have the Blue Jays figured out. And they'll likely make the postseason. That's another thing, Joey, looking at the wild card standings. I see Toronto's in that last spot. Is that game over mm-hmm. yet? That game's about to be it's, over. So it's they're the basically final
1: out. I'm watching it right now. The DJ's about to strike out.
0: So the Jays and Rays are both going to be 63 and 54, uh, mm-hmm. a game behind the Seattle Mariners for the top wild card spot. But I got to say, I've already looked at the Jays as being in. Like I, I just, I'd just be stunned if again they barely miss it. I, I that would mm-hmm. blow my mind. But I don't know. I guess crazier things have you happened. You go through this, the wild card picture and you're like, oh,
1: the Rays. The Rays are are, are a playoff team. Yeah. yeah. You're know, like the Jays. Oh, the Jays are a playoff team 100%. You see the Os and you're like, "Oh man, that'd be sick if the Os if the Os are in. That that'd be that'd be pretty cool for for Os fans." You see the Mariners and you're like, "Oh man, the Mariners, they might break the streak. That that'd be pretty cool. Mariners, I could see them in." It's like every and even the White Sox. It's like, "Oh man, they've they got They've pieces. kind of found a stride here." Yeah. And it's like, "Wait a sec. Wait, there's a limit here. <laughs> we can't have you know, seven wild card teams from the
0: from the American League would be sick, though. Would There's be sick. There's a specific feeling that, and this is what I get back to with the the four to five games out thing. It's also that combined with that obnoxious feeling of being the seventh of seven teams. Like you're at I the know. back, like I remember us, Red Sox. It's so clear too. Remember it's so us. clear because those those other guys, those There's other three that are
1: just outside the picture, are like a game, two games, half two game. and a half games. And then uh, we're five, and then I think the angels are ten back. It's just so clear there's a clear divide and the, the socks are like the one like middle yellow median line that's just like serving as a, a grocery store uh divider right now. It's it's not where you want to be. The Red Sox are a
0: grocery store divider.
1: This I don't year. know, what do you call that? You know what I'm talking about. You put it on the on the Oh I'm
0: I think it was a good way to put it. I I think it's a good way to put it. They're they're the divider between the definitely outs and the definitely in my uh, group of groceries. (laughs) 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 That's what the Red Sox are. They're dividing my groceries from my (laughs) non-groceries.
1: Yeah. Pull that one out of context. I'm sure everyone will get it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that one makes sense. Um so fan have has them at a twelve percent chance. We we keep doing this song and dance, but it's twelve yeah, percent chance. Sure. I of mean that's the where playoffs. it's been that's where it's been for a while. You know, it, it got to up me. to fifteen. It did, and then it got up to seventeen, and now it's back to twelve. So it's basically what a one in eight chance. It's kind of what we're we're hanging out around. Um but yeah, what else what else do hopped you, out to you in this in this series, Joey?
1: Well, I was I was gonna talk about something that's also not the series again. What do you uh, got? I was gonna see gonna see if you wanted a little IL update.
0: Yes, it's a good time for it.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh in case you didn't see, I'm sure y'all did, James Paxton suffered a setback. He has a strained lat. I don't know how serious that is. Um I don't think anybody does besides his doctors, which we have established I am. Mm. Uh so d- did you see the the tweet about uh his contract what his contract looks like at the end of this year? I did not know. Okay. So Paxton makes 6 million dollars this year, right? After this year, the team has an option to pick him up for 2 years, 26 million. Uh and it would be a guaranteed 2 years that they that they would the, the team would option for. Um if they pass on that 2 years, 26, Paxton can still opt in to 1 year, 4 million. Okay. Weird, weird situation. Petros is taking are. a gamble that he that he opts in or not. You know what I mean? So weird situation there, uh, but pretty good chance. I would guess talking straight out my booty here. uh, Booty talk. Second straight week. Booty (laughs) talk. Booty talk. Uh, You might be in a position where you got to take a gamble on a guy who has never thrown the baseball for you. And that's a position you really don't want to find yourself in. Paying James Paxton $6 million to hang out and rehab sucks at first glance,
0: but it's a what about second
1: glance it was a gamble. it was a well, the thing is it was a it was a low risk high reward kind of situation. It was like it's six million dollars. you know, the Boston Red Sox can afford six million dollars. and at the end of the day, like he either really contributes off that six million and and you can you now have the opportunity to keep him around for two more years. Or you can roll the dice and say, "Hey, man, you can stick around for another, uh, you know, another penny," but uh, that that's up to you. But I don't know if the Red Sox really expected to be in a position where they got to make that decision and roll
0: that dice after not seeing him play major league baseball. The Paxton thing's interesting. I, I don't. I have no. What do you? I have no expectations. Do you have? Do you have expectations? There's no. I way do. We, you do. Well, when I say I I do. No expectations, I, I, I more mean like I don't know what to expect. I'm not like he's gonna suck. I'm more just like mm. I need to be, to see it to believe it. Like I, I need to see what he looks like out there and, and get a feel for mm. it. But it doesn't you know sound great when he has a setback. You're trying to figure mm. out when this guy could be here. Maybe mid September was initially what it was gonna be, and mm. now you're at a point where you. And this is another reason why you can't have these you know minor setbacks with Evaldi and guys that are back like pillars that are in your rotation they just can't afford it at this point mm-hmm. you really you need like the one of the best stretches of your year you basically at least need like a month right now of health and dominance from the guys that you expect to be great and that's another reason why Thursday's loss stung a little more than it normally would mhm i think the reason i have
1: so much not so much hope for him that's i'm not like I think the Cy Young watch is probably over, but the reason I have some hope for Paxton, I think is because of just the luck that the Sox have had with veteran pitching. You know, the fact that Waka is like unbelievable. The fact that Rich Hill has been uh, been strong a lot of, a lot of the season has been like a, a major part of your rotation. I just, for whatever reason, feel like that luck would continue with Paxton. But again, that's, not based on anything. That's just <laughs> my gut talking. So, like, take that for absolutely nothing.
0: Joey's big on gut talk and booty talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's big. Tucking from from my gut out my booty. <laughs> out my um, booty. That's the direction <laughs> of my talk. Um,
1: <laughs> Jeter Downs. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that, no, that, that looks
0: no. That looks rough. That looked rough. The Downs thing. Yeah. I saw stats. Yeah,
1: too. yeah. Is he there an suffered update? a leg injury. Uh, I have not seen an update yet, but
0: it looks uh, like he injured his leg. Yeah, injured going down while running to second. He's leaving the field with assistance. is unable to put any weight on his right leg. On his left leg, my bad. Left leg, left leg. Left leg, left leg. Left leg, left leg, left
1: Non-contacting, yeah, that ain't great. Not That's great. not ideal. Not ideal. Um, Tyler Danish tested positive for COVID. He was set to return. Nice. That is pushed back.
0: Matty uh, Strom's one, coming back.
1: The one good thing, Matty Strom is coming
0: back. I don't know Definitely. if there's a date on that yet, but he's very close. I believe he's going to be activated in Baltimore. Huge. Yeah. Huge. So we'll get Strom Bowley back. And like we mentioned last week, you know, getting the guys back is one thing. Having them come back and produce at a high level is a completely different thing. So getting them back gives you the opportunity to get a stretch of games going here, which is what the Sox are going to need. Another thing with that four to five games back constantly is, like I've mentioned for a while, and this isn't rocket science, but you're going to need a seven or eight game winning streak if you want any chance. And I really was getting the feeling that, oh, this could be it. Like, we could have been in the middle of it. This would have been, what, four in a row uh, for the Sox. But unfortunately, they lose. One thing I wanted to point out, Joey, Mm -hmm. is the importance of a good Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta had a very good outing in game one. Seven innings pitched. Yeah, we'll clap. Seven innings pitched. One hit. And it was in the first inning. It was early. One hit. No runs. Three walks. Six strikeouts. Nicky Mm. Smooches was looking very good. And so I crunched some numbers, Joe. I crunched some numbers on Nick Pavetta. Because it was hitting me just how much of a roller coaster year he's had. And I wanted Mm. to equate his monthly ERA to the team's winning percentage and see if okay. that would show anything of value. So in April, Nick Pavetta had an 8.27 ERA. The team had a 409 winning percentage. In May, Pavetta had a 2.11 ERA, enormous upgrade in May from April. Winning percentage for the team 500, played 500 ball in May. In June, Nick Pavetta a 2.25 ERA, team winning percentage 769. In June. So you see a little correlation there. In July, this was the most eye-opening one. Nine three eight ERA team winning percentage two ninety-six. Oh, <laughs> so oh. I don't think it's any shock that July and April, two of the the you know, just the two terrible months this year for Nick Pavetta, Really good in May, really good in June, and he's been good in August. In August he has a th- even three ERA. The team has a 500 record. So, Nikki Smooches has been a really interesting one, man. I know we were – it felt like he was really close to potentially making the All-Star game. And no one was negating that. That was like a well-agreed-upon thing among Red Sox fans, among baseball fans. And then he had two real stinkers right before yeah. the selection. And he didn't make it. And then July was just ugh, awful. Just that absolutely feels like terrible. forever ago, doesn't it? No, I know, I know. It doesn't feel like that was the, the last All-Star? month. No, All Star does feel. like I mean, All Star was like yeah. exactly a month ago, but that mm. was a nine three eight in July it was insane. It felt worse. It Felt like it wasn't even it wasn't even that good. Like what did you say their win percentage was in July? Two ninety six. Jeez, man. it was so bad, dude. You go. I've 7, never 6, seen to that 9. number before. Well, I, I would love to know, and this is a great spear one, but. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know when the Red Sox have had a month where they are in the 700s for winning percentage and the next one Mm -hmm. they're in the 200s. Like, what? How does that... And that's in the middle of your season? Huh? Maybe the 2011 team. I'm actually... You know what? I'm going to do that. That actually
1: actually is a great... Yeah, August to September. I'm going to look
0: that up. Is this a terrible idea to look this up during the show? I don't know. What was their (laughs) August like? I don't know. Yeah, no, check it out. (laughs) Let's check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Their 2011 was so, so bad in September. I would assume their August was good. Joey, if you have something to to discuss, now is a great time. I'm going to crunch some numbers. Tristan Cassis.
1: Hit, oh, good Cassis talk right now. Here, let me try out my uh, my broadcaster voice here. Okay. The mic. Tristan Cassis. It a uh, walk-off yesterday and that game. Big game for him today with some of the... Sox Brass in attendance. Watching him hit a leadoff double to start the game. It wasn't a leadoff double. It was an RBI double. Uh, I didn't watch it. I don't watch minor league games on TV. Do you ever do that? Do you have like any kind of minor league package the, the or anything? The minor league
0: package, no. I know Stats does. Stats definitely has oh, a minor sure league does. package. can guarantee that. They had a 586 winning percentage in August, the 2011 team. So I, I don't think it... What the stat I was looking for is not really going to line up. Two, what was three, September? 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. They went 7 and 20 in September <sighs> in 2011. That is a winning percentage of 259. Oh my gosh. They had an even worse September than this team's July. That is that is really something. Moral of the story though, essentially when Nick Pivette is going, the Sox are going. So if you're looking for a mm-hmm. silver lining here, Nicky Smooches is back to cruising, and I know it's the Pirates. I get it. <clears throat> I get it. Guess. But you know what's his next start's against the Blue Jays, so that's when it's really gonna be like, all right, are you are you dealing or are you not? Let us know, bro. <laughs> I love that show. Are you dealing or
1: are you not? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, dude, I think of this every time we bring up Pavetta on this show. It's one of those things like I always think is like an inside joke with like our listeners and stuff, but we've never actually mentioned it on this show. And I think about it every time we talk about him. <laughs> um, <laughs> you were at that game with, I think you were with like your dad and Elaine. And there was that guy behind you <laughs> who kept yelling, let's go, Piv. Oh, Get him, Piv. It killed me Every time I write down his name I'm like Piv Dude You can't just make up A nickname on the spot
0: And if you are Dude It better not be Piv There was another one Piv is bad There was another one I think When you and I Were up on the old Monster last week Been there This guy Yeah Just a couple monster dudes This guy Wow What did he say That's gonna drive me nuts Was it another nickname It was another nickname That no one calls somebody like I, I don't know, like Chrissy or something for Christian Arroyo. I'm like Chrissy. Like it, it was, there is some stuff that people yell that's just preposterous at games, where it's like, what? <laughs> I, what are you talking? There. About? I love that. That's that's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, one other thing I want to talk about, Joey. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious of where you're at with this. Well, first mm-hmm. off, I need I need to ask the question I said I was going to ask earlier. What percentage chance right <laughs> now do you give the Red Sox of making the playoffs?
1: You asking me at a bad time. I just watched them lose to the pirates,
0: man. <laughs> I did too. It was it was awful. Yeah. Uh I have a number in mind.
1: I mean with Paxton coming back, bro.
0: Hey, Story <sighs> might be coming back soon ish. Oh yeah. Wait, yay. Let's That's put a big Arroyo one in the, on the IL bench. update here.
1: Yeah. Let's let, yeah. I didn't even mention him. I didn't even mention <laughs> him. I'm so fr- okay, we're not even gonna talk. I'm not before my number here. I'm so frustrated with the whole Trevor Story thing. I'm, I'm so frustrated about it. He wasn't supposed to go on the IL, period. Why did it take so long for his wrist to get diagnosed? Why did it take so long for him to start swinging a bat again? It just, this should not have happened. This should not have happened. We should not be watching Trevor Story sit and watch games. I'm just frustrated by the whole situation, man. So what... I'm, I'm happy what, what we get to see Christian Arroyo.
0: What are you frustrated by with the story thing, outside of him just being the, out, which was...
1: The, this wasn't
0: supposed to happen. What do you mean? I feel like he wasn't even supposed to go on the I.L. But he's like hurt. He, Wait, he, What am I missing? What am I missing here?
1: I mean, the day after he got hit on the hand, we were told Trevor's not even taking a stint on the I.L.
0: Oh, you more mean of like how how we got news of this.
1: I mean how the situation was handled. I mean like the fact that we were told like, He's yeah, not going that it wasn't an issue, and then it's and been then a huge issue. And okay. he was swinging his bat, and then, oh, we're getting a second opinion, but it's really nothing. And then that second opinion was that it's broken. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's going to be a couple of weeks before he even starts swinging. Then he starts swinging, it still hurts. It's like... It, it, I understand it. it's not his fault. That's an, I'm not blaming Trevor. Okay, for I was he, I was hearing that, that all the wrong. Hands. Like,
0: why aren't you playing? I was like, he's he's hurt. No, I'm saying I'm frustrated we got by the, the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. This just wasn't
1: supposed to. This isn't what I was told was going to happen. And now
0: my my expectations were subverted, and I'm and I'm upset about it. It sucks the way it all <laughs> went down. Sucks. I mean everything everything about it sucks. And all that to say, who knows how Trevor's story would have played. What was that? That was like a week before the break, right? I think that was like first or second week of July. He's basically no been clue. out. He's been out for like five weeks, I think. And if you look at the correlation of their record since then, I mean, it, it's you can make a case that that's obviously been a huge part of it. But yeah, I, I honestly forgot about. I had already forgotten about like that. It wasn't supposed to be IL, and then it turned into IL, and now it's been. He could miss two months. It's like that is a lot of time, but that's why you get the second opinion. It's That's a whole nother... I know you're a doctor, Joey, so you look at this differently than I do, but it is what it is.
1: I tell you, I probably would have noticed his wrist was broken the first time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's just me. That's just you, but you're a doctor. Again, you're a next-level doctor, and that's what happens. One thing I'm a little worried about is... I'm worried and also weirdly optimistic because of this worry, and it's Xander Bogarts. Mm -hmm. And Xander just looks a little different... He looks banged up. He looks like a guy that had that Verdugo play happen, like a guy that's gotten hit by some pitches, like a guy that's fouled some pitches off of himself, like a guy that plays literally every day for a sports season that lasts 162 games. He he looks worn down. He does not look the same. And it got me thinking, wait, is this a good thing? Is this? What could he's do? Is this? No, no, no. I'm thinking long term is this a good thing that we oh. can just easily point to injuries as slowing Xander's season down and then if you're at the negotiating table you say wait a second here look at these numbers you want what look at the season he just had where you can almost use it as leverage to bring the price tag down but also as an excuse for why that won't be his year, next year, the year after, and the year after. This could be the perfect oh, storm, Joey. You know what okay. I'm saying? You're
1: saying Xander Bogart shouldn't get the money he's worth. I get what you're saying. I'm
0: saying he shouldn't get whatever, because you know they're going to ask for something crazy. They're going to ask for something crazy. Socks will come back with something not, not crazy. And then mm-hmm. I, I am very interested to see what the middle spot is. I should just let Haim know right now it's six years, 170. I would just do that, Mm -hmm. get it done, bada bing, bada boom. He becomes the fourth highest average annual value of any shortstop. You're raising his money. He has 4 and 80 left on the books for Xander if he Mm opts in. But add a couple years, add 90 mil, and bang, it's done. And it's it's all my money, so I'll just pay him. That's how I'm (laughs) talking about it. But, no, I just – it hit me tonight. I was like, I wonder – because – you forget about it in season. I don't know if you do too, but like I forget a lot of times in season how truly, truly, truly impactful a free agent season is. Aaron Judge is a great example of like, mm-hmm. oh, second the season ends, guess what you look at all off season? His numbers. You're constantly staring mm-hmm. at the numbers because you don't have games every day and the test is over. Once the pencils are down this year, I'll be very interested of how we dissect the Xander Bogart season, and I'm wondering if him getting nicked up is actually good if you're a Sox fan that wants him here long-term. I'm just wondering. I'm just throwing that out there, Charlie. I don't
1: know. I get it. I get it. You know? It'd be easier negotiations, maybe closer to a price that the Sox are willing to pay, but I don't want to short Xander of that. It sucks that we have to sit here and talk like that. That's not how, that's not how we should be talking about this team. It should be... Oh, your star shortstop, your leader, the like the veteran presence on your team is coming up on free agency. Pay him to stay. That should just be the end of it. I, I
0: hate that we have to sign you're trying to That's not find how it works though. Why? Why shouldn't it be? That's not how negotiating works. You you obviously got to factor in how he played in the in the previous season.
1: Right. No, sure. But what I'm saying is we shouldn't be looking for these shortcuts of Okay, well how do we drive that price down? It should be Okay, like, let's just sit down and negotiate until we work something out. Not if we can work something out, let's work something out. Unless he comes to the table and is asking for
0: $40 million for eight years. You know, like... It's going to... All of it's going to come down to how crazy the ask is. Because I, I think that's... If it's a completely unrealistic thing right off the, the top, that could just completely turn off the whole thing. And then it's like, okay, we got Trevor. We'll move him over. Christian's been really good since coming back in that whole discussion. Um, yeah, but that situation just shouldn't be there. The situation just shouldn't be. It should be as easy
1: as, oh, this is like a really integral part. This is like the core of our core. So we're, we're talking yeah, about let's... separate
0: things, right? I'm I'm just talking about how it's going to go. I don't disagree with you. I, I, I agree with the core stuff and keep him here and get a deal done. But how he performed this season is going to be a big part of the negotiations. Sure. Yeah, no, 100%. I just don't want it
1: to be like looked at as... It's a factor look at that his like, decides whether like that. or not he stays. No, like, I think oh, it'll man, be well, one of a, in, We can afford an
0: injured Xander. Maybe we can do that. Like, no, we can afford Xander. Let's get Xander. Oh, they can afford Xander. That's not the discussion. I, I just think I'm curious how much this is going to factor into it. I'm curious how much. I mean, right now, I think he's hitting 205 in August with one homer and four RBIs. It's been a tough month. And he was pretty good out of the uh, coming out of the All-Star break. I think it was... Let me see here. In the games after the old breaky dues to end out July, it's 10 games, 314, 929 OPS, had a homer. The homers are obviously way down. That is something that, if you're at mm-hmm. the bargaining table and you're Scott Boris, it's a little bit, that's one that you can't really point to uh, in your favor. The power numbers are definitely down. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, obviously, you and I want Xander back. I'm just, and again, this isn't me like declaring, oh, this is going to be the reason they can bring him back. I'm just curious, and this is a non-answerable thing. I'm curious how much a clearly, you know, dinged up Xander and lesser power, lower numbers is going to impact the uh, the numbers he potentially signs for and the numbers he potentially asks for because those are always different. So I mean, if I'm Boris, I'm I'm
1: flipping it and I'm saying. Like, this he was willing he to play like for that. you. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's, yeah. yeah, this guy's willing to play for you when he's injured. Like, you, you know.
0: Boris you is obviously going to lean into the hometown discount thing. I mean, that's the first chip you have. That's the top chip. He's the captain. Uh, he loves yeah. playing here. His relationship with Xander, two World Series titles, all that stuff. I mean, that's definitely going to factor in. But, yeah, we'll see. We shall see. We'll obviously have many a Xander conversation uh, especially if the socks start falling out a little bit more, but they're in that four to five game gap, which is so fun. Last stat I had for you, Joey, and it's a fun one, is Please, that the big so three is just, they're just, it is still killing us, bro. Raphael Devers, Xander Bogarts, and JD Martinez are hitting a combined 181 in August. It's not like it's like the first week of August, it's August 19th, and they're hitting 181 this month with. A grand total of four home runs. Guess who has three of those? <laughs> Pretty obvious. Uh, uh-huh. And 185 plate appearances. Four homers, 17 RBIs. And as you guessed at home, most of those RBIs are Rafael Devers. And 75% of those home runs are Rafael Devers. So it's just been tough. It's been tough. It's noticeable. If anything, yeah. it's kind of stunning that they – one five out of seven or have one five out of seven with the big three struggling this much
1: in a weird way it makes me a little more confident in the lineup because like you know going into you know i don't know getting some traffic on the bases and you're thinking okay like here comes six seven eight you start to feel all right you're like wait a sec okay like that that part of the order has been kind of what's keeping us alive here it's like the, the confidence is getting spread around a little bit if anything, it's it's been stolen away and put elsewhere. It's not being shared around a little bit because when when Xander and J D are up right now, it's like oh. I'm not I don't feel bad lumping Rafi in. I understand where his numbers are. I just don't want to. You know, I, I don't want to include him in this. And I'm sure no, those numbers also, go down if you
0: take him out. Yeah, but I don't think by much. I think Devers Devers definitely isn't like uh out of, of this discussion. Like he's he's definitely a big part of it. Dever's in mm-hmm. August going into Thursday, hit 164. <laughs> so he's actually below what that combined number is. Oh. But he has the most impactful hits. So mm-hmm. it's a little harder to realize it with Rafi when he has that three run bomb, you know, on Sunday or whenever that was. Yeah, Sunday. And a couple still a couple of big hits, you know, down the line there. Like that still helps his case and makes him look better in this whole thing. But J D, man, he's I, d- I just think it's so obvious this is it uh, for him in Boston and that's not stating anything crazy it's just kind of surprising that it's it's gone this way down the stretch I thought there would have been more of a uptick here and it just mm-hmm. hasn't really happened um I want to get the actual number let me yeah, get the well, actual wanna, number here
1: I want to look at something too so oh can't see. do it that I never sense. use fan graphs. Uh, I think it says a lot about you, which baseball stat website you use. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I am not a Fangraphs guy. Wish I was. Don't know how it works.
0: Oh, did I get it? What are you trying to get?
1: Oh, my goodness gracious. I wanted to get his Weighted Runs Created Plus. It's my favorite stat. August. Uh, okay, for those listening who don't know, not Steve, because Steve knows how it works. So this is for somebody else who doesn't
0: I, know. I do, but I don't use it much. I'm not going to lie. I should uh, use it more.
1: The nerds look at it as, as a pretty uh, accurate stat right now. Uh, for those who don't know, 100 is league average. So above or below 100 is a pretty good uh, metric of whether or not this, this person is uh, an above or below average hitter. Uh, and how far away from 100 you are uh, shows like what percentage above or below league average you are. J.D. Martinez, in the month of August and through the end of July, has a weighted runs created plus of 35. Oh, God. It means he is 65% below league average
0: as far as efficiency at the plate goes.
1: Oof. That's bad.
0: That is not ideal. Joey, I I got another bad one for you. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Go. JD Martinez's batting average in the last two months. Now that's not a small sample size, folks. <laughs> that is a third of the entire season. His last... a lot of
1: games, a lot of games in two months, right? Yeah, they play almost a lot every of night. Games.
0: Yeah, it's forty-seven games in Holy. the last two months. He's hitting one eighty-four, uh, which is just—it's insane. And it's something that mm-hmm. uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Joey. Mm-hmm. When you look at him up at the plate. I still expect good things. It's his uh, presence. 100%. It's what he's represented in a Red Sox jersey. Obviously, he's done so much. I'd say 85% of his Red Sox career has been great. So oh, yeah, that's how you look at it. And when you really crunch the numbers, though, it's insane. And then when you take another step back and think, oh, wait a second. This is going to be a very good thing. This off-se- I'm, the offseason is going to be wild. I don't like throwing the word offseason around when you're still, quote, unquote, in the postseason race. But the off is going to be insane in terms of like, okay, where are all these pieces going? You know, you got pieces leaving. Mm-hmm. Who's coming in? Who's going out? Who's going to be the guy? I am so invested in who the DH is. I really am. And, and saying that to also say it's pretty obvious and Core is going to be excited whether he says it or not. He won't say it, I don't think. Mm. But you got to think he'll be very much happy to have that spot open for a lot of games and not have to put J.D.'s name in there because he can't play in the field and he's got to just be the D.H. You've had a guy that hasn't played in the field that's just your D.H. In the last two months, it's hitting 184. A designated hitter is hitting 184 with one home run in the last two months. That's crazy. I I don't know how to look at, like, that position across the league in that span, but I can't think it's much worse than that with any other team. So I don't like – you know – Dumping on JD. He's been huge for this team. He's mattered a lot. 100%. It's more, I'm just, this is more just eye opening when you really take a deep dive. It's like, wow, it's even worse than I thought.
1: Yeah. And if you're looking for a place to uh, chalk up why things are going like they're going too, you know, I think it's just helpful to know, like, okay, well, what's happening? Oh, okay. This, like, really reliable piece is not reliable right now. Like, it's just nice to know what to point to. Ugh. That sums um, it up well. That's To it up go well. back, yeah. Also to it, like, go back, man. you, know, you he, did a quote
0: unquote what's up? I'm just saying like, last thing on JD. Last thing on JD real quick. It's hey, it, that it, this it, is it, it, do, a do, guy do, do, that's in like your three to five spots too in the lineup. Like this is a guy mm-hmm. in like your do damage parts. Anyway, okay. What, what
1: were we saying? Mm-hmm. You did some air quotes there. You were like, still in the postseason race. Oh. So well, where's I, your percentage? You asked me mine's eight. Mine's eight.
0: I got him at eight percent.
1: I think I got him above the 12 that FanGraphs has. I just don't know how much above it.
0: It I feels say, like it should be around 8 or 10, say, like 1 out of 10.
1: I was I was thinking closer to 2025. 20, I see a 1 what? in 4 or 5 chance. That's not that crazy. A 1 in 4 or
0: 5 chance? A 1 in 4 you're chance saying, to make the playoffs? And you're saying a 1 in 10?
1: Yeah. I a think it's twice four. as
0: likely. Joey, I like your optimism. You know, I want obviously I want them to make the postseason. It's yeah. just... Again, I, I'm looking at the numbers game here and even though it's felt like they've picked up a little ground, they haven't. If anything, they've fallen further back. So I understand you, me, you play a lot of games against teams in front of you, but that could also backfire very
1: terribly. Yeah. So let me let me say this. Yeah. That's my brain really trying to be unbiased and like say like what their actual chances are. Like like what if I was to guess the future, like mm-hmm. what happens? My heart still says a hundred percent. <laughs> there's no joke there Like my heart I swear to God Like as I just said Like 20-25% My heart was like They're gonna make it dude Why are you saying that? <laughs> they're gonna be in I really just 100% believe That they're gonna be there And I don't And I know I know there's not a lot of logic Behind that feeling But I just feel that they will
0: I uh, I can't hate on you Joey I can't hate on you Who sings Listen to your heart hi- Listen to your heart that song's is is so that?
1: old, dude. I have no clue. Cindy Lopper, I got no I think it is Cindy Lauper. Did I just pull that right out when my booty?
0: He's calling for you. Who is it? Roxette? Th- is it Roxette? Is I Roxette? think it's Cindy Lauper. It might be Roxette. I don't even know. It is Cindy Lopper. Wait, who's Cindy? How did I, I do that? I don't even know who either of these people are. You should know who Cindy Lauper is. Cindy Lauper?
1: Right? I guess they both do it. Well Roxette, I think, must have covered it. I
0: can't believe that. Wait, why did Roxette's the first one that pops up, though? Roxette. Is it Who not sings? Cindy
1: Lauper? Did I just make that up? I they they, they both Shet.
0: sing Listen to Your Heart. There might just be, yeah, it's Roxette, I think. I'd play it right now, but then StreamYard would just, like, explode. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: I don't know why somebody somebody online made a music video on YouTube, also thinking it was Cyndi Lauper.
0: But I think Cyndi Lauper sings a song called "Listen to Your Heart," but it's a different song. Uh, wh- why'd you Why'd you ask this question? Well, I'm just saying that's what you said. You're listening to your heart, so that good by you, Joey. I'll make an edit. I'll
1: put it on Twitter.
0: Yeah. It's good job by you. You're listening to your heart, and that's exactly what you should do at this point. You know, I mean, what else? What else do we have? To go off of, right?
1: Um, our
0: brains. You have to listen to your heart when he's, when calling, he's calling for falling. you. Yeah. You have to listen to your heart. There's nothing else you can do. I don't know where you're going, Joey, and I don't know why, mm-hmm. but listen to your heart before you tell the Red Sox goodbye.
1: All right, we should we should clip that off. We should we should write that down. I really liked what you just said, dude. That was poetic. that's That's really good people need to hear those words
0: bro people
1: need to hear that
0: now and 42 years ago we got a lot more coming up on episode 49 of inside the monster and that is after this break welcome back to episode 49 of inside the monster joey i'm not even going to bring up the list. I'm not going to bring up the list. This is the Tim Wakefield episode. I'm not saying anything else. You can say whatever you want. I'm not saying any. Out of respect to the knuckleballer, this is the Tim Wakefield episode. Other things You're, I we're, noticed we're, in this series. Going down the okay. line. Mm-hmm. Michael Chavis looks good.
1: I I think his hair looks like crap, dude. It's too long. It's greasy.
0: I'm saying physically th- he looks like good. you like that look? Oh, oh, wow. Well, lo- yeah, I think he's yeah, yeah. lost some LBs. He looks like mm-hmm. I kind of want to look after I maybe lose like 20 pounds from now until like this time next year. Like, I, Michael Chavis, you look good. You look good, brother. This has really been, have you noticed the theme of these reunions? It's so, like, there's been a lot of hugs. You got the Vasky hugs, the Benny hugs, yeah. the Chavis hugs. It's a lot of hugs. A lot of old, uh, a lot of old guys coming back. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are all so old. Uh, the, the kids yelling strike him out was. Uh, what were your thoughts oh, on that? Oh, my God. So you goodness. obviously hated yeah. it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Listen, if you're at the game, that's one of those things that, like, in my mind, it's like you just deal with it because, like, listen, there's kids at the game and, like, that's how it works. Like, that's how it happens. So you just got to kind of deal with it. Sitting at home on my couch, I do not want to hear it. I do not move the microphone.
0: <laughs> I don't want to hear it at all. I'm never going to be more annoyed than, and a certain audience will not understand this one, but, and mm-hmm. what, or just wasn't around for it, but, that guy in Tampa when they were the Devil Rays <laughs> that would yeah. just constantly yell and was so annoying. It's never going to be worse than that. Nothing's yeah. ever going to make me more upset watching a, a road game than that. Joey, And a part of me thought this was funny that a bunch of kids are yelling strike him out about Pirates players and no one cared. <laughs> like, no one was trying. You know, what Fenway, when it's like, let's go Yankees, let's go Reds. So you got to, like, drown okay. out the Yankee fans. Yeah, Not yeah. a single Pirates fan was like, stop saying strike out our guys. They're just like, whatever, <laughs> dude. I don't. It's, who cares? Also, the
1: strike him out, Chan, is so
0: funny. You I know. know. When you let kids take the reins, dude, some funny stuff comes out. It is, no, it's true. I Pavetta, you know, Pavetta heard that. I he probably would have had a funny answer for it. Like, yeah, hey, I, I didn't hate it. Help me out. Had whatever seven Ks, whatever he had, but it was hard to miss. I'll say that much. It was hard to miss. It was every. I'll give them. They were on, you know, on their toes, man. Every two strikes, they had. They were ready to chant. It was consistent. So you got to give them that. But it was a little annoying. But it again, I I, I got an internal chuckle. That Pirates fans were like, yeah, whatever. Just strike our guys out. Who cares? This this is just what it what is. What were you saying before that? What's that? Before the kids.
1: Wasn't the kids a, a rabbit hole? What were you saying before that? I was just saying Chavis looks good. Chavis. Chavis. I started screen recording on my phone when they went down to Jemai to talk about Chavis because I was pretty sure they were going to say Ice Horse and I was going to
0: like mm. tag in it or, or whatnot. But they didn't. They didn't. Yeah of surprised a little bit. It's the same two guys. Mm-hmm. It's Ek and uh, Ob. When mm-hmm. when they were calling the game, we were down there in Chicago. Put the mask on. I remember like sneaking that into the park, and then I realized like why are they going to care if I I like put it inside my jacket? Like you know, I had to like sneak a ice horse unicorn head thing into the park. But yeah, they don't allow hats in baseball parks, famously. But uh, question for you though, if yeah. you're bringing a mask into the game, I've just seen lesser things taken away. Let me just say, weirder that you had the mask stuffed
1: inside your jacket. Oh, than just you know what carrying I mean? it if, in. <laughs> yeah, because if you walk in, you're like, oh, I have a mask. If you <laughs> 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 to like hide the fact that you wanna hide
0: your identity is way worse. I don't know. I wanted uh, here's the deal. I wanted it to absolutely get in and I was I could see they weren't patting people down. So I'm like, this is a guarantee that I'll get it in. If I just walk in with it in my hand, there's a chance one, hey, what do you think you're doing, Sonny? But I mean, I think the, the what are you doing, Sonny, is a lot better
1: than if they did pat you down and they're like, excuse me, sir, what are you? what is this for? I was willing and, to know? take the
0: risk because they weren't patting anyone down. So I, fair it, enough, fair part enough. of it was, a, you know, observing the people in front. But either way, mm. got it in uh, to guaranteed rate right field. Yuck. Yuck. And Eck mentioned on the broadcast, yeah, that I it did hit me. It took until Game Three where I was like, wait, has he said Ice Horse yet? And I'm like, obviously not. People would have people would have mentioned that on Twitter if that happened, but yeah, um, yeah, that Chavis was Chavis and
1: Bobby talking at first had me weirded out. I'm like, wait, like, I'm, because we never saw them together, know. you know? But it's like they must have known each other.
0: They must have like come up through the system at a somewhat similar rate, like playing the same position together. Yeah, there's more, there's more crossover with Chavis than I even remember. Also a guy that mm-hmm. would be sent back, you know, to AAA and and have right. a lot of time with those guys. So, as, a, as I just said that, I realized they weren't playing the same position. Bobby came up as a third baseman. I yeah. forgot that. Yeah. So. yeah. But it's still, yep. I mean, it's yep. a lot of paths get crossed in, in Pawtucket and now Worcester. But I mm-hmm. don't think I had much much else in this series. I know Brian Reynolds uh, saying that he couldn't give any less of a crap what Dennis Eckersley has to say. Um, I kind of, really? I, I don't know. I, I tweeted about it. I, I probably shouldn't have tweeted about it. Uh, it Not that I shouldn't have tweeted about it. If anyone calls out Eck, I'm going to tweet about it. It's like, hey, you shut up now. You shut your mouth, mister. And then Brian Reynolds yeah. was like the greatest player on the planet for the last two games of the series. <laughs> he was just kind of, he was all pouty. He was whiny McGee in game one. And I'm like, dude, mm. whatever. Like, you're the best player on the Pirates, which means next to nothing. But still, Brian Reynolds is a good player. And Dennis Eckersley wasn't calling out Brian Reynolds. He was calling out the no-name lineup that the team has. But, I mean, that's what you got to say if you're the best player on the Pirates. That's exactly what you got to say.
1: I don't know if you got to say I am not give crap guy. crap what X says. I think he got to. What, like, a Hall hey, of
0: Famer? Y- you know what I'm saying?
1: But what he said was pathetic lineup. This is a hodgepodge of nobodies. And I, know, I think I if you're the leader it. of that team, you're the best player on that team, you gotta say, like, who cares? I don't I don't care what that guy says.
0: Yeah, We're some the Pirates, about baby. I couldn't give any less of a crap is, is, like, the next level of, like, right back at you, pal. I think most stars are just like, hey, you know. It's just what you gotta gonna, say. It's just what you gotta say about There's different levels of what you can say a little bit. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I understand that. But still, it's couldn't give any less of a crap what all of them are saying about am, our no-name lineup. I am lineup.
1: the last guy to jump on like a, an Eck hate thing. That's not at all what I'm doing. I was a big uh, Price guy. I liked David Price. I was I was totally um, on team like he's going to prove people wrong until 17, and until the Eck thing was like was leaked, and especially when the words were leaked. And oh, I heard was, like, that exactly was, what he said to Eck. That was yuck. It's like, that was yuck. And and it, it's honestly, this is like whatever. But this past like year, as it's been clear that like David Price's career is like it's over, it, there's just been this like warmth in my heart. That's like, yeah, dude. Like, where's your induction?
0: Like, let me know the <laughs> date. I'll be there, bro. Me and Eck will be there, front row. Brian Reynolds, let me know when you make the Hall of Fame brian reynolds that's not to say that he could that dennis eckersley can just say whatever he wants but he not was speaking facts he's, the, spit, he's spitting facts is what i'm yeah. saying he's spitting facts
1: both times he was
0: spitting facts
1: one it, one of those instances, no, it makes sense where you would want to stand up for your team the other one is just the dumbest most out of weirdest
0: rude thing to do yeah it was such a bizarre move but it is on top of that and this is kind of a side note with the x stuff he was he was going ham. It was really going in. And it was Oh like, yeah, he was. It was really funny to see because it, it reminded me, yeah, why not, right? This guy's got two months left, less than two months. Just go off, King. Like say say whatever you gotta say. Get it out. I've always thought, I've always thought mm-hmm. Dennis Eckersley has been holding back a little bit. Like he's not giving a hundred percent of exactly what he thinks. That's probably during the commercial break. We're like, holy mm. hell, can't believe that guy stinks so bad. Say it on the mm. broadcast, that let it go. Let now it fly. He is. There no, he is. And it's like, do your thing, bro. We got your back. You could say a preposterous thing, and I'll be like, I agree. I, I agree <laughs> with what X has to yeah, say. Yeah, test OB's limits. See, see how much O B <laughs> yeah. will agree with you. Did you push the hear limits a little bit, X? Push the limits. Of,
1: did you hear the clip of Pete Rose on the uh broadcast a couple weeks ago? I did not, no. Not on the Sox broadcast. Uh, if anyone's listening to this show right now and hasn't heard that, go look it up. Because <laughs> Pete Rose took full advantage of the fact of like, hey, you know what? I don't need to be invited back here. I got my own thing going on. Pete Rose, yeah, he's gonna I'm just going to shoot straight from the hip, and uh, I can't imagine he will be invited back. And I hope Eck gets to that level of not caring on the broadcast.
0: I hope his last game, he's just... In the just bottom let, of the Let, let everybody just have go it. for it. Let them all have yeah. it. Let, let's look at the – let me just take a peek real quick. I want to take a peek at the remaining schedule. Yeah, if Baltimore starts bobbling the ball, starts looking terrible, let them have it. Um, oh, they still play the Twins. I kind of forgot about that. The Twins have snuck into that wild card spot after falling. Let's see who else. Kansas City, let them have it at Fenway in the revenge series. That's what they're calling that. Cincinnati in Cincinnati if Eck has those games oh you gotta let him have it but the rest of these are all like good teams it's just a a constant reminder of like the uphill battle this team has to has to face here but yeah I think that was I think that was it Joey Uh, well series MVPs Mm -hmm. uh, which is this is an awkward one yep
1: it's an an awkward one. one
0: it didn't feel right doing a series MVP but hey we set the guidelines at the start of the year. If you win the series, you get series MVPs. I'm going with Doogie. Alex Verdugo hit 454 in the series, got on base seven times, four runs scored. He is hitting 344 since the All Star break. And it's just great to see him back in the 280s. That's where he should be. Doogie's a 280 kind of hitter. He's consistently making contact, doesn't strike out much, does a lot of the right things at the plate. Uh, it was weird seeing the strike him out, throw him out. He doesn't really run at all, so that was a little awkward. But uh, love Doogie, obviously. Alex Verdugo fan club got him with the series MVP. Joey, who you got? Go Nick Pavetta, nice dude. Tough to uh, tough
1: to take a guy who only played in one game, but I'm the, I'm the uh, king of that.
0: I like that move. I support this.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, just uh, if it wasn't going to be Doogie, it was it was going to have to be Pavetta. I like your pick. I just don't want to piggyback off it. Southpavetta was my, was my two, uh, what seven innings, no earned, seven
0: shutout innings. So he was great. Yeah, there we go. Series MVPs. There you go. There you go. Coming up next, we have our closing thoughts as we're winding down here on episode forty-nine of Inside the Monster. All righty. It is time for closing thoughts on episode 49 of Inside the Monster. Joey, what do you got? You want me to go first? Why do you have somebody dying? I don't have anyone dying, no. But I have someone's career that was ruined that didn't play baseball.
1: Someone's career that was ruined that didn't play baseball.
0: Yeah. Um, all right.
1: I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of news, too. Um, Kim Kardashian... Pete Davidson, no more. It's a little Breaking late. news. Wasn't I got an inside tip. I got an ago? inside, <laughs> tip. Got got an inside tip, and I think that they're donezo. I got another tip that is saying Soto to the Padres. Wow. So, Yeah, take that
0: for what it's worth. Uh, I, I don't have one, dude. I don't have one. I got a feeling the Patriots and Panthers might get into some brawls coming up here. I, I got a feeling they'll get into some fights. What um, What else? Socks are probably gonna probably gonna win two out of three in Pittsburgh. These are all just tips we're getting, right? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. 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 These are. I thought you were gonna. I didn't know what you were doing there. I was like, I was oh, doing they what might. you were doing. Yeah. I was doing. What the you Patriots. Were doing. I have. I have. I have such a tough time keeping up with football. Just when it's on. Sunday. You haven't seen dude, that. Got, Pats got, and Panthers are brawling every day. You haven't seen that. I saw one. I saw one, and I thought, whatever. Uh, I don't care about preseason football. I don't care about training camp. I don't care about, like, Bill Belichick said this funny thing and he said it really dry and serious. What did he say? Like, I hate those. Every clip of Bill Belichick is like, you'll never believe this, like, vintage Bill. And it's him going, yeah, we had to figure some things out and get out there and play ball. And it's just nothing. It's just nothing. That wasn't a bad Bill. Thanks. That That wasn't bad. It's a matter of getting the offense going. We have a system in place and. Just have seen it through. It's nothing. There's nothing.
0: Well, okay. I can't get
1: excited about it, but I mean, God bless you if that's
0: your jam, but <laughs> I'm just, I'm excited for actual football. Same. It starts yeah. in three weeks. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, three weeks from today, actually, that's wild. Uh, mm-hmm. Joey, I got a recommendation mm-hmm. for a Netflix documentary if you have not watched it, and it is untold the girlfriend who didn't exist. First thing I want to ask you real quick. I'm I'm not going to make this like an hour long closing thoughts, but I could. Mm -hmm. What do you remember about the Manti Teo situation from 2012, from 10 years ago?
1: Yeah. So I was in high school. um, So it was just a a meme, like early meme. I didn't really, I don't remember like hearing about the story uh, myself. I just remember it being a joke in high school. And it was a great way to like own somebody to be like, oh, yeah, your girlfriend that goes to a different school.
0: Yeah. You get Manti uh, Teo'd. Yeah. yeah you get Teo'd Yeah, exactly. So that, that that's all I remember. I I thought Manti Teo was like an absolute maniac. Like the way, the way that – and I'm talking 10 years ago, senior in college, this story took over the world. It was like hey, – there were some huge sports stories back then. You had the Tiger Woods scandal, uh, the Teo thing – the Johnny Manziel season, where he wins Heisman, Manziel took over the country. I think the Lance Armstrong story broke around then, where he got wow. popped for PEDs. There was a lot of huge, like off the field. Olympics stuff on. were in London. Yeah, you had the London Olympics, and Phelps was going ham. But I just, I remember thinking, yo, this guy's crazy. Like he's the big man on campus at Notre Dame, and he's got a fake girlfriend, and and it, I, I, the whole time I thought he made it up. And, like, was trying to get sympathy because he said his girlfriend died at the start of the season, coming back for his senior year at, at Notre Dame. And, like, I don't know. It just all felt weird. And this documentary, definitely watch it. And if you don't want me to, like, break it down, just stop listening now. But um, it blew my mind, Joey. I have never been, like, more affected in terms of an opinion shifting on someone watching a documentary than this documentary about Manti Teo, he mm. got so screwed by this guy, Renaya Tuya that posed as this girl, uh, Lene Kakua. He posed mm. it on Facebook. He posed as who ended up being uh, Manti's girlfriend. And back then, that was like right before catfishing. I remember looking up when that show started. I think it was 2013. It was like the next year. So catfishing wasn't really a thing, and people getting duped like that wasn't really a thing. IG wasn't really, like, Instagram wasn't really a thing yet. You could still kind of get away with having a fake online identity, and this dude took it to a ridiculous level. He was, like, making up—he had this girl voice so he could sound like this made-up person, Lene, so they'd talk on the phone, and he'd be in a girl voice, and it was, like, super convincing. He made up siblings— And and did their voices on the phone and was texting um, Manti as them the day that Manti Te'o's grandmother died, like real grandmother, is the day that this fake girlfriend died. Like my God, she he chose to have this fake girlfriend die the same day that he found out that Manti's real grandmother died, which is like this is a monster insane literal monster and you you keep watching it and you're like oh my goodness this person is just the worst and so then you see the comparison of how it was treated in the media where Manti was getting roasted and it's like wait like people were like judging his sexuality and is he did he make this up did he make up the girlfriend so that he could have more like hype around him and more attention on him and it's like now I just I felt so bad for him. Mantis incredible. He's in the documentary. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. And this Renaya Tuiasosopo, who's now going through like a transition. Get yeah, like be be whoever you want to be. I'm just so mm-hmm. angry and upset at the guy that they were when they were doing this mm-hmm. because completely ruined Manti's life. Completely ruined his life. And I felt bad to another level because I realized we can really get duped by how how someone reacts on social media, how a mass amount of people react on social media, how and I don't want to be your typical but like how the media portrays something like he got made out to be an absolute maniac, a psycho, a weirdo and he said when he was on the Chargers when he got drafted in the second round, he's supposed to be like a top 10 pick. He falls all the way to the second round. That's a difference of millions of dollars. So this person mm-hmm. cost him millions. He said when games would start, he'd get tingling all up his body and he'd just get an anxiety attack every time because of how he was just so effed up. It just ruined his life. And it's like, mm-hmm. it made me so angry to watch this documentary because I'm like, this guy deserves so much better. Now, the only thing I'll blame him for, and I'm curious your thoughts, mm. Joey. The mm. only thing I'll blame him for is actually believing and saying that Someone you had never seen the face of is your actual girlfriend. That's tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Because there would be times where they, they talked about it where they tried to do FaceTime and then this Rania dude would be like, oh, like my camera's not working in a girl voice, which is like, you're such a psycho. Um, mm-hmm. So that part's tough. But yeah, just just so you can, I, I think I, I can dude, always I, look at that and be like, you kind of deserve a little bit of blame for that. But what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm.
1: Dude, so I am I'm in the middle of a, a true crime podcast about a, a woman getting scammed. Uh, by, a, like a catfisher yeah. guy, yeah. like this kind of massive, like, I guess like a dozen plus people in on the catfishing. So like this really elaborate scheme and the, you can kind of tell the, um, the direction that like the, the host wants you to think, you know, like, you know, most media, especially documentaries, they want you to feel a certain way, you know, yeah. like they're trying yeah. to steer the narrative, be it a little or a lot, they're steering you a little bit. So you can kind of tell that this person, like, wants you to believe, like, hey, I know that, like, we like to judge people who get scammed, but, like, hear this through. And I was like, okay, yeah. And, like, I like this person, like, confessed their feelings after four years mm. of having an online, like, friendship with them. And, like, when I heard that, I'm like, wow, okay, this does make a little bit of sense. And, like, whatever. And, like, totally getting on their side until I heard that they Skyped, like, multiple times a week. And he never turned his camera on. Yeah, and it's like, uh, oh, he just didn't want. To. The second I hear that, I'm like, nope. Like, you lost my, you know, like <laughs> you nope, you lost known. Them. uh But all that, all that is to say, all that is to say, this is like pre-catfish we're talking here in 2012. Yeah, with um, yeah, it's Manti, right? Ma- Manti, Manti,
0: Manti. tail. Yeah.
1: Okay, Manti. We're we're talking, like you said, pre-catfish. Before, like we were all aware of this. You kind could get of thing duped. And, and you whatever, could get duped. You could totally get duped and it's it sucks because if that exact same thing if he was born 10 years later yeah, and even the five same maybe. thing happened to him today i believe the world would look at Manti Teo as the victim i think if that happened today we would be like i mean one we'd be like man that that's like messed up that happened to you and then like you might get like some like some rousing and whatever yeah. you know but it wouldn't i don't think it would have the same uproar as it did then. And like the whole, like, Oh, it was technically a dude. So does that mean that
0: he's like oh into that? <laughs> it's crazy. Like that's insane.
1: That is so 2012 that just would never happen today.
0: And, and uh, it, it, it shifted, shifted quick. Social media shifted yeah. fast. Like I remember graduate, didn't have an IG in college kind of date myself. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember graduating and then Instagram became the thing. Facebook faded out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just shifted. Everything shifted so quickly around that time. And so he really got screwed with the timing of it all. I, I I think he deserves blame for believing someone's your girlfriend when you didn't even see their face and it was a long distance. She was in California. She, I put that in quotes, mm-hmm. uh, was in California and he was at Notre Dame. But mm-hmm. still like It's the, the multiple voices and the manipulation like, How, it's how just, could
1: you not believe it? You know, it's aside insane. from the Skype camera thing. If any it's of you insane. are out there and you have an oh. online relationship with somebody and they don't use their camera when you FaceTime, yeah. they
0: are not a real person. Not a real person. But this one blew my mind. Mm. This dude, Rania Tui Sopo, got... Incredible pronunciation, by the way. Thank you. Got the... I got to word this right. So, obviously, he stole pics of, like, a relatively attractive girl to make the profile, right? right? He mm. reached out to that girl... This girl had no idea what was going on, by the way. Had no idea. Which oh. I was kind of stunned even after all of this that she didn't see all the buzz in her photo on and stuff. But whatever. She didn't see it. He got... Like until like recently? No, no. She she found out like in... It got announced right after the national championship. That's another thing. He was... There's so many layers to this. He found out that this was fake a week before the national championship against Alabama. So like he found out... This Renaya was like, hey, it's, it's me, Lene. This was... Eight months after he thought Lene... After she died. After she died, and her fake brother, who was Rania, also played the role of the fake brother, called him and called his parents, Manti's parents, to say that Lene died on the same day that his grandmother died. It's insane. And so, seven, eight months later, a week before the National bleeping Championship, this Rania Tuayasasopo calls... (laughs) Calls up Manti from the dead, the proposed, you know, alleged dead girlfriend's phone, and says, "Like I'm back," and tries to do this whole like thing. But what what he did, what what this Renaya character did, is got now stick with me because it's gonna be hard to explain. Okay, okay. Got the person that he stole the photos of to create the profile, because Manti was like, "There's no way it's you." To prove it's you, like. He genuinely at that point was like, all right, I'm getting screwed with. But he's mm-hmm. like, All right, you know, one you know when you like you throw out like a okay, yeah, all right, prove it's you. You gotta be holding mm-hmm. up like a sign that says the date and your name, and y- your left hand has to have like the I love you like symbol or whatever, or like whatever. He was throwing mm-hmm. out all these things to be like, there's no way this person's gonna send this picture back. This dude got the girl that he stole the pictures of. He convinced her to send that exact photo saying that he was on, like, his deathbed or something, and this would, like, cheer him up. And she did it. And he sent that photo to Manti. And so his... This was five days before the national title game. So his brain is, like... Wait, my hmm, dead girlfriend's alive. (laughs) Yeah. This is all before the title game, where they then lose 42 to 14. Like, it was just... And this Rania person goes on towards the end of the doc. And, Joey, I know what you mean with, like, you're totally right, with docs will mm-hmm. like lean you one way or the other. I genuinely yeah. think this one just laid out all the facts, and interviewed both sides, and let you see for yourself exactly what happened. And mm-hmm. at the end, this Rania character is like, "I want my story to be, you know, well, I want people to see my struggle and learn from that." No, you're a, you're just a maniac. You're no, no, no. Don't. I hate when people try to do the whole like, "Oh, poor me." You ruined this guy's life. For it's not no poor, reason for, for no reason. Game. Yeah. literally just for attention and cost them millions, cost them everything. And Manti at the end has this little speech and I won't say it all. You should just watch the documentary, but I was in tears, dude. I was crying watching this thing. Like wow. I feel absolutely terrible and I got I'm getting a Manti jersey. I'm team Manti Teo. And now I'm just like full on a huge fan of this guy. Um, mm-hmm. And just appreciate how much, you know, he overcame. It's, it's, mm-hmm craziest documentary I've ever seen so that was a well, long closing thoughts but I, I had to um, yeah I'll, I'll tell you this bro mm.
1: do you know where the term catfish comes from I don't know if I do so when you ship cod and you put cod all together and you ship it long distances like uh, I think like the, the 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 trade like where this term came from is was from like Alaska to China like when you when you ship cod long distances and you put them all together and whatever they uh they 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 get dormant they don't swim around a lot the meat doesn't get as tender they get fatty, some of them die right and so like to to keep the cod moving, they would drop a catfish in with the cod just to keep the cod moving right just to keep them active and whatever keep them on their toes a little bit mm. and sometimes people come into our lives who are there to just keep us on our toes a little bit. Interesting. How's that How's that for some wisdom there, Steve, huh? That's what it is. At the end of the day, that's that's really where it comes from, yeah. Well. Wow. So, the end of the day, you walk away from getting catfished, you can think, "Hey, I think this person came in my life for a reason. It's to keep me on my toes." I wish it didn't cost me millions of dollars <laughs> along the way and my entire career and my future. But hey, at least I got some perspective and I'm going
0: to be more careful going forward. (laughs) I'm just glad this doc exists because it completely changed. I know it's been 10 years and this guy's been getting Mm -hmm. destroyed for especially the first handful of years there. I mean, there were still times... Seeing him out there on the field, and I—I I know I wasn't the only one thinking this. I'm like, look at that fraud! Like that guy, he made up a girlfriend, yada yada. I was so wrong mm. about that. Because you thing. get
1: like a quarter of the story. Because like social media wasn't the same social media. It, as it wasn't. Is now. You it got wasn't. like
0: this much, and you like you just saw
1: Manti fake girlfriend, and you're like, oh, this guy lied about weirdo. having a girlfriend. What a You can't get yeah. a real
0: girlfriend at Notre Dame when you're the big man on campus. You weirdo.
1: Yeah, everyone just felt it was okay to
0: misunderstand headlines and, like, run with it. Like, it was fact. Destroy the guy. He got destroyed. Yeah. So, I... Yeah. Uh, Manti Teo. He's... Props to him. He's been through a lot. He's come out strong. He looks great, by the way. Dude's got great moss. Like, he should have grown his hair out in college. His hair in college kind of looked awful. He should have... Uh, just for his own sake. Just for, you know, looking good in pics <laughs> and stuff like that. He looks great in this doc. Clearly keep him, you know, good good care of himself. And I guess he's married now. You know, it's not... It's not like it's a bad ending to the story, but and he's still he's 31, you know he's he's got tons of life left, so it's not you know other situations you feel bad when you find out like <laughs> way later, it's like okay mm. this guy can still have a really cool football life and I hope he does because it's crazy. Watch the documentary, it's wild. So definitely uh, yeah, well, definitely. that's all I got. That was a long show, but it was a it was a good one. That was a, yeah. a lot of stuff to squeeze in there. Next, you will hear from Joey and I is previewing this pivotal pivotal three gamer in baltimore question mark why kind of kind of in baltimore okay right, right 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 kind of in baltimore and also in a a place i wanted to gro- go growing up but was not good That's enough a place i wanted to grow up in <laughs> a place i wanted to <laughs> go growing up but was clearly mm. not talented enough uh yeah that will that'll be a fun one series preview Is next, but until then, for Joey Capone, I'm Steve Peralt, Go Sox Kid. Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer, mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast.